One of the things I truly long for as I get a bit older is authentic community. Uh, a place where you are known and you know and we live together. Maybe as I'm getting a bit older and approaching my middle age, I, uh, I seem to think that it's something that is becoming less in the suburbs of Melbourne, where increasingly polarized and fragmented and individualized. And I wonder if we're starting as a people to lose the skills to build authentic community. And the building blocks of communities are, of course, relationships. And relationships are hard. Uh, they require constant maintenance. Sometimes they break down. Uh, but there is good news in that there is a secret ingredient to building authentic community, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, at St. Augustine's, we've been looking at the, the smallest letter in the New Testament, the book of Philemon. Uh, we've been looking at it last week, and we're looking at it for the next two weeks. And it's an amazing story of three very different men. Uh, Philemon, uh, his servant Omnistimus, and the Apostle Paul, and how they and the ancient church uh, kind of worked out these social issues around our relationship and community, and how these three men and their relationships changed uh, when one of them became a Christian. Uh, and so last week, uh, we looked at the story through the lens of Omnisimus, uh, who was a slave who ran away from the household of his master Philemon and stole all of his money and, and moved to the city of Rome on the other side of the Mediterranean Sea. And there, providentially, he met Philemon's old friend, uh, Paul. And he met him, of all places, in a Roman jail. And Paul told him about Jesus. And this runaway slave, Omnisimus, became a Christian. And uh, last week, we talked about how uh, the love of Christ refreshed the identity of this Omnisimus, so much so that uh, he changed from being this runaway slave uh, into being a fellow brother of his former master, and even actually rose to become a leader in uh, Philemon's church. Uh, but this morning, we look at the same story through the lens of Philemon, and we see how the love of Jesus refreshes their relationships, uh, even though uh, for this Philemon to have his relationship refreshed with his old runaway slave is a very big ask. So who exactly was this Philemon that the, the letter to Philemon is named after? Well, we don't have a lot of information, uh, but from the little clues that the Apostle Paul drops in his letter, we have enough to draw a pretty good sketch. Uh, Philemon lived in the city of Colossae, uh, in the Roman province of Asia, uh, which is now, confusingly, not in Asia, but in what is western Turkey along the Mediterranean Sea. This Philemon was probably a Roman citizen. Uh, he was probably very wealthy. Uh, he was married to a woman called Aphia, who was mentioned at the start of the letter. And together with Aphia, Philemon would have lived in a very large home in, in the city of Colossae. Uh, it was at least big enough to accommodate many guests, uh, as he writes at the end of the letter, or Paul writes to him at the end of the letter. He says, brother, prepare a guest room for me. 
And his large house, if not estate, uh, would have included uh, a large extended family that would have lived together and many servants, uh, maybe 10, or if he had a large estate, maybe up to 100. And of course, amongst those servants, there were bonded servants or, or slaves like Omnisimus. Uh, so this Philemon was an elite in the city of Colossae. But unlike most of the elites that lived in this city, uh, not too long ago, maybe four or five years before this letter was written, Philemon had become a Christian. Uh, somewhere he'd met the Apostle Paul, uh, probably in the nearby city of Ephesus. And Paul told Philemon about Jesus. And he believed and he became a Christian. And, and since then, he's, he's risen to become a leader in the very early church uh, in this part of the world. And indeed, he hosts uh, the church in his own house. And he, he's the sort of man who's become social glue for Christian community. Uh, of course, he hosts the, the church literally in his own house. And he's also very generous. Uh, he's probably the patron of this little church's pastor, uh, a guy called uh, Archippus, who was also mentioned at the start of the letter. And he's a great encourager and, and builder of Christian community. Uh, as Paul says to him in verse 7, he says, The hearts of the saints, uh, your fellow Christians in your Christian community, have been refreshed through you, Philemon. And also in verse 4, uh, Paul writes and he says, Philemon, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and I hear of your faith. So this Philemon was a great encourager of Christian community and he was known as a man of love. So why then is St. Paul writing him this letter that's in effect schooling him all about Christian community and Christian love. Maybe there were some limits uh, to Philemon and his love and his community and how far he was willing to draw the boundaries, uh, in particular to his former runaway slave, Omnisimus. Uh, we see this in verse 6. Uh, Paul writes, I pray that the sharing of your faith, and the word that he uses for sharing, uh, it's, it's the same word that we get uh, the English word community or communion from, like Holy Communion or the Anglican Communion. He's talking about fellowship within the church. So he says, I pray that the sharing or fellowship of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is for the sake of Christ. Or to paraphrase, Philemon, I pray that your community and your fellowship is thick enough so that you can receive the benefits of being in fellowship, even with this omnisimus. And, yeah, you might be thinking, well then, what's the problem here? You know, if this Philemon is Mr. Love and Mr. Community, uh, you know, what's going on? Of course, you know, if I was him, well, I probably wouldn't have slaves in the first place, but if one of my slaves ran away and then miraculously became a Christian, I'd be pretty happy about it. It's 
It's hard for us as 21st century Westerners to grasp the social enormity of, of what's going on here at the moment because our culture, whether we understand it or not, has actually been influenced by the love of Christ for some 2,000 years. And in ancient Roman culture, Omnissimus, the runaway slave, is in the wrong, and, and Philemon, the slaver, <laughs> is in the right. Uh, as we talked about last week, um, slaves, particularly household slaves or bonded servants in the Roman Empire, they, they had some rights, but slavery then, as now, is still an utterly evil institution that, that turns human beings into animals. But in legal terms, under Roman law, Omnissimus is a criminal. And owners of slaves, they had enormous power over uh, their, their slaves if they misbehaved, including the right of corporal punishment or, or even execution. And the execution for a slave in the Roman Empire was crucifixion. And in social terms, Omnissimus and this is the thing that's really hard for us to grasp. Omnissimus has dishonored Philemon and his household. And he's made the two men enemies. In the honor-shame culture of the Roman Empire, if you can catch him, Philemon is expected to punish um, his slave, uh, not because he's committed a crime, but because it's right and just to do so. That, that's the way their culture worked. And so by the standards of the, of the Roman world, reconciliation between this Omnissimus and this Philemon is all but impossible. So on that day, when Omnissimus went back to Colossae, and he walked back to Philemon's house and up the hill, probably to the top of the city where his estate was, you know, holding in his hand the, the parchment which the Apostle Paul had written this letter for him with. You know, and he went inside and the two men looked at each other for the first time in probably at least over a year. You know, what did Philemon feel? You know, what was running through his head? Now, Omnissimus, the runaway slave, you know, he must have been pretty nervous um, but, you know, he's had time to prepare and think through how this is going to go and what he's going to say. And if nothing else, he's holding the letter, you know, so we can go, oh, well, Philemon, I met your friend Paul. It was an amazing story. You know, here, here, read this letter. He wrote it for you. But Philemon, you know, what does he feel when he's, he's reading this letter for the first time? I mean, I imagine it was a mix of bewilderment and anger and guilt and just sheer amazement. You know, he's probably, you know, mutters something like, Omnistimus, I didn't think we'd be seeing you again. So what will Philemon do? Will he let the love of Christ refresh their community, refresh their relationship? Have you ever had to reconcile with somebody? You know, to forgive them or, or to ask for their forgiveness? Or more probably, a bit of both? 
It's hard to do, isn't it? But this is what Jesus wants for his people and for his community. He wants our relationships to be refreshed and our community to deepen and be built up. Even when we disagree, uh, even when we hurt each other. As we heard in today's gospel reading, Peter once asked Jesus, Lord, when my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven? I think a seven is a lot. And Jesus answered, not seven times, but 70 times, i.e. infinitely. And, and being part of the church, it's a wonderful privilege, but it means that we are not our own. It means we now belong to others. Uh, it means we belong to God. And while this is a great and indeed eternal privilege, it also comes with responsibilities. We need to allow the love of Christ to refresh our community. And we do that in two ways. We do that, one, by asking for forgiveness when we wrong one another. And that's always a hard and humbling thing to have to do. And two, it means allowing the love of Christ to refresh our friendships and our community by being willing to forgive each other. Because... For what Christ has done for us, we must be willing to do for each other. Is there anyone, you know, who's your sister or your brother, either literally or in the church, that you need to reconcile with or, or forgive or apologize to? If so, commit this situation to prayer pick up the phone, write that email, and seek reconciliation. Uh, maybe it will be possible, maybe it won't. But the reconciliation of broken relationships is how we allow the love of Christ to refresh our community. And although that's a hard thing to do, imagine how good it would be if it was something that we consistently did. You know, imagine a world or a community or a church where, you know, we constantly sought reconciliation, where we were able to put down the weapons and uh, forgive each other and uh, seek forgiveness, you know, with confidence that we do it in the context of a relationship in Jesus Christ. It would be wonderful and more so it would be a model for the rest of the world to follow. Uh, much reconciliation is needed in our broken world. And as we, the church, the people of God, live in community and reconcile and ref are refreshed by the love of Jesus, we can give the world a foretaste of what heaven will be like. So to conclude, what happens on that day when Philemon and Onesimus met? You know, did they reconcile? Or, or what happened on that first Sunday when, when the church met in Philemon's house and you know, they saw Onesimus, the runaway slave, you know, standing at the front of the church and reading to them this letter? And you know, did they hear Paul's plea? If you consider me your partner, 
receive Omnissimus as you would receive me. Well, I think they did. And the best evidence for that is that we have the letter. Uh, Philemon's little church that met in Colossae, they didn't have to listen to Paul in his letter, but they chose to preserve it so that we even have it in our Bibles uh, today. And so I think what that means is that God did answer Paul's prayer for Philemon. Philemon did grow in his understanding of fellowship. He did reconcile with Omnissimus as a brother. And he let the love of Christ refresh his community. May we do likewise. Amen. Amen.